0: Yes, yes, welcome. Welcome to Dangerous Misinformation. The only podcast where we love everybody who make fun of everything. And uh this is my second time trying to record this cuz the first time around <laughs> was instant chaos. I haven't done a podcast in I think like 3 weeks now cuz I've been traveling. And uh, I sat down, you know, I sat down all like, welcome to dangerous misinformation. I adjusted my microphone and the whole mic stand just went flying. The cat was just meowing. It was just absolute chaos. But uh, I I thrive in chaos. Uh, It's kind of like this video I saw the other day where this guy was trying to do laundry. And every time he threw the laundry in the the washing machine, uh, he would, cat, shut up. I can't deal with you right now. I give you love 99% of the time, but this is me time. Shush. So there's this guy, he's trying to put his laundry in this dryer. And every time he hits the start button, the fucking door just opens. And I don't know what causes that, but uh, it just kept happening to him over and over again. And then he finally just started busting up laughing. And I can relate to that guy because that's my life. I constantly feel like I'm on a hidden camera show. Uh, Where I just say, what the fuck, underneath my breath at least 10 times a day. Let's make sure this is good. And uh, yeah, I feel like I always, (laughs) it's like this weird conversation I have with God or the universe or whoever it is. I say like, really? Is this funny to you? Are you getting a good laugh? Are you getting a good laugh, lad? Dude, I spent uh, three weeks with British people. And I've learned a lot about American culture by hanging out with British peeps because, um, one, it's funny. So these two camera guys, uh, s- some Gs, I love them, but uh, there's no but. So they're from, they were from London. They were on this road trip with me, working on this. Like, I don't know if this thing will ever see the light of day. I have no fucking idea because I have no control over that. Um, but we're filming this, this. Cross America thing. And these guys, you know, they met me and I think they hadn't, they've only met the people that they had interviews ske- interview scheduled with and whoever else they would just kind of encounter out on the open road and like in these tourist spots and shit like that. Uh, but then, so I came along and they, they thought I'm like mega bro, right? And I had to kind of tell them like, no, dude, you ain't seen shit yet. You want to see some bros? Shit, I'll, I'll bring you around my boy, Mike Baus, and we'll bring you around some bros. I'm not even that broy. I mean, I don't even watch sports or like chew tobacco or anything like that. But uh, we got talking about broism. And I guess over there they call them lads. Hey, lad. It's like us going, oh, what's up, bro? They go, oh, what's going on, lad? And I guess my British accent is really terrible, but I would expect a British person to say that because when they would do their American accent, I would do the same thing, like, nah, dude. We don't talk like that. Uh But I think, so the thing I learned about American culture versus British culture is this. Their trash wife beater beer is Stella. Okay? People, when you go to a party in the United States and there is Stella's and Heineken's, you're like in at least a three-quarter million dollar house. Okay? The bros, the American lads, we drink... Literal piss and we love it. Okay. And it's not even, you can even go to a nice house, to a nice party, to like a baby shower, uh, whatever the fuck it is, you know, something where you're trying to act classy like a kid's first birthday and you're acting like you weren't getting hammered in the parking lot beforehand. And there's still going to be Bush light and Coors light and Miller light and uh, all that kind of shit. You go to London, you go to London, you get around the trash and like, oi, mate, grab me a Stella. I need a Stella. Over here, it's like when somebody orders a Stella, I go, oh, that's a, uh, <laughs> that's a classy guy. He's drinking Stella. Kitty, shush. It's okay. Go entertain yourself. You need to grow up. I wonder if you guys can hear her crying. Uh, as long as she doesn't piss somewhere, it's okay. I'll try to stay on time on task on track, even though it's really hard because I have... Yeah, I have ADD. Everybody says they have ADD, which I think it's just normal to be distracted by a cat crying in front of the door. Oh, my God, dude. I can't do it. I don't know. Every week now, this cat just adds to my workload by, I think, oh, no, it'll be okay. She'll behave. And I close the door, and she's just sitting there howling in front of the door, and I can't focus. Anyways, let's get beyond the kitty. Uh, when we're on the road, right? we were on the road we went to a cryogenic place and if you don't know what cryogenics is it basically means where they freeze humans with the intent to revitalize them when they in the future when they invent the technology to unfreeze people and bring their consciousness like to store their consciousness okay to me, it all seems like a big uh, scam because it's just kind of preying on people's hopes and who the fuck is going to want to unfreeze a bunch of dead people? Who wants? Who cares? If you told me right now, oh, we can unfreeze this rich person from that died in 1920, it's like, let's not. Let's leave those ways of the world behind us, dude. And so I think what they do is, because it costs, I think, $200,000 uh, to do it, and then they even say, well, you don't even need to do a full... And so the thing, right? The thing They put you and like five other people in this tube. And they put your face down in this preservative liquid. And then you're just in this tube getting uh, kept frozen with nitrogen or some shit like that. And uh, it doesn't seem like a very peaceful rest place. And I'm surprised you just allowed us in there with cameras and shit. But... Uh, the night before, maybe it was two, two nights before, I can't remember, we had this cycle. There was five of us on the crew when we had this cycle where one of us was constantly sick. And I think it just kind of showed like we would eat somewhere and we would all get sick, but it would hit us at different times because that's how human metabolism works, right? So like one of the peeps actually ended up going to the hospital and then, uh, while I was waiting at the hospital with her, my, I, like, I got fucking kind of sick and I just went and blew up the bathroom that was meant for patients to give stool samples. And meanwhile, I'm just in there, just a visitor, just tearing up the club, uh, 95 tear the club up. But, uh, I, I still, I still feel sick afterwards. Maybe it was from somewhere else. I can't remember. Um, but so we go to this cryogenic place, right, where there, there's dead bodies and people wanting to be frozen, frozen lizard people, billionaires, millionaires, right, or, or whoever can afford 200 grand or somebody scared enough to, to, to take out a, a loan right before they die that the kids are going to have to repay for 200 grand to freeze themselves. And I walk in there, Arizona heat, I'm fucking dizzy and I feel sick. And I'm queasy in general I even got I even had like the weird anxiety attack when I was at the hospital uh, just taking care of the other person when that had nothing to do with me I was just like the doctor walked in and I got like queasy I just do, I don't like medical stuff it freaks me out it freaks me out people playing God I'm glad they do but it's not for me I don't have the stump for it but so this guy real energetic guy right. <laughs> Real energetic, bro type of guy. He was probably, if he lived in London, he'd be going, Oi, oh, mate, grab me a Stella. But he was definitely a uh, um, He was a lawyer beforehand. So you know damn well he was getting fucked up in law school drinking Coors Lights. A bro. A total bro. And that's why he's the CEO now because he's a lawyer because I'm sure he has to deal with a ton of legal things because uh, what they're doing is fucking weird. All right? You ever walk into one of those, like, pyramid scheme meetings? Like, my ex-girlfriend took me to this Amway shit, and I felt like I was the only sane person in the room. Because everybody's, like, just fucking weird, right? And so I go to this thing, and everybody's like, oh, this is so cool, this is so cool. Meanwhile, I'm like, this is, no, this is fucking weird. This is weird that there's bodies in this place with us, and you guys are freezing the bodies and selling them a dream of rejuvenating them. Even if you bring them alive, they're just gonna be like like all their, their brain is just going to be mush. Even if you freeze it, there's not, it's not going to be the same person. You might get like a biological response. I don't know. But so the guy that was really pioneering this, he was a, a, a rocket scientist. Okay. And ironically, the day before I spent the night in a uh, rocket silo, Somewhere in New Mexico. Nobody else wanted to sleep down there because they were scared of like the asbestos and shit like that. But I slept in a rocket silo the night before, and then I woke up having to drive one of the crew members to uh, the hospital and then did that all day. And then the next day went to this cryogenic place where they put people in a cylinder that looks like a rocket head down. And here's the kicker, okay? Because when he was explaining this shit, I started getting really uh, just queasy, like there, this is not right. It was kind of like when I watched, when I would see pornography when I was a kid and I was like, I'm not ready for this. This is not right. It makes me feel uneasy. And you might be asking, why were you watching pornography as a kid? Because I lived in Germany and we would steal porno mags and we'd go look at them in the field. And one time I was laying in the field with my buddy, just right in front of our apartment complex. We thought nobody could see us. And my mom was on the balcony smoking a cigarette because yes, we were white trash. And she saw me looking at the porno mag. And when I came home, she scolded me. But anyways, uh, so the guy takes us through the front end of the building where all the offices are, and then where they got some medical equipment, some pictures of all the other lizard people, the people that are stored there, yada yada. Then we go into the next room, okay? And the next room looks like a fu- it looks like a uh, like a like a science classroom, right? Without the desks, just like the surrounded with all the sinks and all the beakers and all the shit and like freezers. God knows what's in the fucking freezer. And he starts talking like, oh, well, this stuff. And he pulls out a bag of some preservative. This is worth 80 grand. And he kept talking about the money and all this stuff, you know. Okay, it literally felt like a pyramid scheme. Um, and, and I'm looking around and all of a sudden I, I just get dizzy. I just get this dizzy spell. And uh, then, well, then one of our guys, one of the camera guys goes, Hey lad. so he actually doesn't talk like that he talks very normal but uh for the purpose of the story of keeping us separated i'm gonna talk like this just imagine somebody you know he's smoking a cigarette super fucked up teeth you know and all that really short he goes uh he goes so what happens if i don't want my whole if i don't want to preserve my whole body i just want to preserve my brain and the guy goes ah Well, I am a head only or whatever they call it. And the guy starts talking about how they chop people's heads off. And then I don't know what the fuck they do with the bodies, but they keep the heads. They keep the heads and then they can put like 25 heads. So they got one cylinder with five bodies head down, the full body that they're trying to preserve. Then they got like, I think it's 10 heads. Then they got 10 heads in the middle of it. Just people's fucking heads. So one, can you imagine opening that thing and putting a new addition in it? For one, that's creepy as hell. Like, who are you people? And then two, what if, okay? Let's say you can get revived. Let's say you can get revived in the future through cryogenics, and they only keep your fucking head. And then you, you imagine just waking up 100 years later, whenever it is, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm a fucking head. Maybe by at that point, they can connect your spinal cord to something. Of course, that's probably what they tell the people, but... I don't know, man. What are y'all thinking? Just... Ugh. Ugh, man. I feel like I'm having, like, heart palpitations thinking about it. Dude, that shit made me sick to my stomach. Um, God, I, uh... I lost my favorite shirt on that trip. There was a morning where... Well, there was a day we went... we We were driving and we saw this random dog out in the desert. And... Of course... Uh, You know, I'm with two females and two younger guys. So we see dogs. I'm instantly like, oh, fuck. They're going to get, emotions are about to run rampant. And of course, I'm the old jaded guy, right? I'm the old jaded guy. So I'm instantly just like, "Uh, let's not get attached to these dogs. I wanted nothing to do with them. They even gave me shit like, oh, you're not interested in these dogs. Like, I just don't want to get attached to them. I love animals. But I know damn well it's not a good idea to just take on five fucking dogs. But that's what happened. We took on five dogs. And then uh, I instantly said, okay, guys, we should keep the mom for now because the shelter would probably just kill him, kill her. But we should at least take the puppies in because the puppies people will adopt. They're like, no, we're keeping the puppies. We want the puppies. Each one of us is taking a puppy. We're going to take the puppies to London. We're going to take the puppies to Seattle. We're going to take the puppies to California. And I have no authority over the situation, but I already know how this is going down. I was like, okay, well, either y'all have never had a puppy before, or y'all have never had a puppy before. You don't just have five dogs. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't just like one dog alone is a is a, is work for like a family. You know, especially a puppy. Then you got five people living in an RV, right? Now you got five dogs living in an RV. <laughs> And of course, for so the first day, so we get them on, they're kind of chilling by, by the way, who just dumps a box of dogs in the desert for one, cause we stopped cause the mom was running around and then, uh, we thought it was actually a coyote and then, uh, we stopped the RV and then our driver goes like, did I just, she looks in the rear view or she looks in the passenger mirror and she goes, did I just run over a puppy? So she gets out and then all of a sudden these puppies start swarming the RV and yeah. And so now we have five doggies. Okay. And like I said, I wanted wanted, no- I made it very clear. I was like, these dogs, there's going to be piss, shit and puke all over this RV by the end of the day. And I want nothing to do with it. I say, we take the four puppies to a shelter and we keep the mom until we find either a no kill shelter or somebody that'll take her. Cause we still have a week of travel left. Did anybody listen to me? Why would they? Nobody wants to listen to the older, tall, white male, because that's what's been happening for centuries. That's what built civilization to be to the point where everybody's comfortable now. So everybody's done listening to the wise, older, straight males. Okay. Nobody wants to hear from us anymore. We, we built a world that's functional, that gave everybody a comfortable place. Now it's time for us to shut the fuck up. And that's exactly what happened. So of course the first night I know it's going to be pandemonium because I am not 20 years old. And so I eat a sleeping pill and I pop in earplugs because I know these dogs are going to be crying all night. And then I get shaken awake at like four thirty in the morning and just like, Whoa, you know, and then, uh, There's just pandemonium. Everybody's just been up. There's shit and piss everywhere. I kind of be like, yes, that was supposed to happen. That was inevitably going to happen, but I'm not going to be a dick about it because going, I told you so, isn't going to solve anything. So long story short, everybody is pretty on edge. I get up. I kind of look after one of the puppies for a little bit, and then I decide, well, somebody's going to have to drive this rv in the morning and our driver is being occupied with the puppies because she was kind of playing mother to everybody the whole time anyways and so i wanted to try and help her out and so i watched the puppies for as long as i could and then um you know i had to throw the towel like you know somebody's got to drive this thing she's been up all night let me at least go get a couple more hours of sleep so i can drive this in the morning so that's what happened so i go back to bed and so i go back to bed and i'm out like a fucking light And so I put all my shit because, of course, the puppies, of course, these random desert dogs, of course, they had ticks and fleas, right? Everyone wants to act surprised that desert dogs had ticks and fleas. And so I go put all my shit in the back because I've like my my bunk is in the main area, like off to the side with like a curtain, you know, tucked like, I don't know, it's how an RV, it's a bunk, it's tucked away. But so usually I would put my stuff just in front of my bed at nighttime. But so I went and put it back in the main bedroom where the girls were sleeping. But there was so much shit on the floor already because one of them had been sick and it was just a fucking mess in there. So I just kind of piled my shit on top. So then in the morning, my shit was in the way for one of them to get out. And so she put uh, two of my backpacks and I had a a garbage sack with dirty laundry. Okay, And I had a bag. Remember I said I took the sleeping pills? I had this bag full of medicine with me. And I just kind of left it on the kitchen counter in the main area because, like I said, I couldn't just put my shit on the ground because there were fucking dogs with fleas. And I didn't want, I don't want my stuff near them. So I put it in the back and I put it up high. But then in the morning after the dog, dog, you know, they were up. So they were like scrubbing the floor, scrubbing all the piss and shit and everything. And then, uh, I think in the tiredness and chaos, uh, somebody grabbed my, my dirty clothes and they went and they thought it was a garbage, like thought, they thought it was trash and um, they went and threw my clothes away and somehow my meds went missing too. So I don't know what the fuck happened there. If this was a retaliation or just complete brain fog, I don't know. But so I was, so this is in uh, Colorado. We're in Colorado and then we get to like New Mexico or something or where the fuck do we go? I think we went down to Arizona. I can't remember. I can't remember. We're in some different state, like eight hours away. And I was like, where's my laundry? And where's my meds? And someone's like, and that's when we put two and two together. And I think I always say the obstacle is the way. The obstacle is the way and everything, there's a lesson in it. And everybody was blaming me for putting my laundry in a garbage bag, but it was like I put my shit in a garbage bag because I can't get to my drawer because there's already shit in front of it, and I put it in the back, far away from the garbage. So, if but that doesn't matter. Zen. Um. So, I, hundreds of dollars of clothes, okay? Like my nice button-up shirts with the cool patterns, gone. Jeans, gone. Austin 316 shirt, gone. Dale Earnhardt shirt, gone. Uh, Calvin Klein boxers, two weeks of Calvin Klein boxers, gone. The irony is actually left them up in Seattle before and had to to have them mailed down because that's a whole other story. So that just wasn't meant to be. And one of the shirts, right, there's like a $100 shirt in there. It's this blue shirt. It's my favorite shirt. I wear this shirt on every first date. If you've ever been out with me, you know what shirt. Because that's probably the shirt you met me in. And you're like, oh, that's a nice shirt. And there's a chance we might have hooked up. That was my fuckboy shirt, okay? And for the fact that that... Uh, and I keep getting getting myself in trouble by dilly-daddling places where I shouldn't be dilly-daddling because I don't want to deal with the consequences of it. And somehow... Um, Yeah, I don't know. Things that seem uh, uh, obviously casual to me, I guess sometimes don't seem like that to the other party, but I don't know, dude. It's whatever. Uh, That's my bad. And so that's what I'm learning. Like, okay, I need to stop being a piece of shit. Okay. And so by losing my shirt, I realized, you know what? I lost my first date shirt. So I'm going to not focus on girls at all for a while i'm gonna focus on some other shit and that was the point of it that the will is always the way and then i also uh you know i lost my meds which was very very shitty because your boy has an autoimmune condition and um i love me some prednisone which is a whole nother basket of whatever the fuck you call it because getting prednisone in the United States, if you don't know what prednisone is, it's a corticosteroid, right? It's not like an anabolic steroid that makes you jacked or anything. But what it does is it, uh, it just like zaps the inflammation out of your body. And pretty much all disease cause is just hyperinflammation. And there's something in my body which is causing inflammation. I'm trying to track that down. I don't know what it is. Uh that's why I'm looking to like functional medicine to get there. But the regular doctors, they just want to treat it with things called like TNF blockers and uh you know, other things that dial down your immune system like methyltrexate and shit like that, which is basically a low dose chemo. All these fucked up things, right? That they, they just kinda of wanna put a band-aid on the problem. Where I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, why? And I think it's something with my GI tracts. I started having like GI problems in my early 20s because I was very stressed out. And it just kind of creates this loop of, I'm working it out. I'm doctoring myself back to health because the medical system's never done anything for me. Uh, but one of the things, so prednisone is like a miracle pill to me. I take prednisone and I just feel normal. I feel normal. I'm able to work out. I'm able to, uh, I'm awake. I'm. A, it's, it's a miracle pill. It makes all my joint pain go away. It makes all my brain fog go away. It clears my skin up. I'm good if I just take a little bit of prednisone. I don't have any of the side effects, but then all the doctors are like, oh, it's not a long-term solution. It's not a, oh, uh, there's, there's uh, the side effects. You can get osteo, uh, whatever it's called. Or uh, uh sleep apnea or high cholesterol. It's like, bitch, if I can't work out and do normal things, like my mental health is gonna go to shit. My body, it's gonna go to shit if I'm not working out and whatnot. So it's like I'd rather roll the dice and take a little bit of prednisone and be able to do everything else, not have all these food sensitivities and shit like that. Be able to have a well-balanced diet, work out, be able to be out, be about with my friends and stuff. And the thing, here's the thing, here's my point. Prednisone is cheap as shit. It's like six bucks for a week's worth supply, right? Cheap as fuck. And it's an old ass drug the patent's up on it. So of course I'd be like, oh no, we don't want you taking prednisone. It's too effective and too cheap. Go take this biologic, which is $8,000 a dose. And by the way, you need two of them a month. Oh, and it's going to take six months to start working. Oh, and the side effects are uh, thyroid cancer, blah, 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 susceptible to uh, infections, yada, yada. But it's not worse than prednisone. It's not worse than a 10-milligram pill that if you take with food just makes all your shit go away instantly, which just releases a natural uh, uh, cortisone in your body. I don't trust the medical industry, bro. I don't fucking trust them. But, um, yeah, I'm thinking about just... Uh, Yeah, and they they make it so hard to get. So I think I'm just gonna drive to Mexico and just buy a bunch. I gotta look at the legality of that. I'm not gonna do it illegally because that's the last thing I want to do is go to Mexican jail. Um, speaking of jail, um, (laughs) why do black guys walk so slow? I can't be the only one that like, if if you got like four black guys, right? Usually they're like built, right? And they'll be walking and he's trying to like, "Eh, eh, can I get around Yeah, You can't get around them. And they'll just walk. Like it's physically impossible for me to walk at black people's speed. Are they saving all their energy for when they got to run from the cops or something? Like, is is it, is it, is it saving all it or is it conditioning from, from like running with big white girls where they're just used to having to walk that slow to uh, keep pace with the big white girl they're with or something? What's going on here, dude? Can I get somebody that identifies as African-American to let me know? Why do y'all walk so slow? What's going on, dude? Maybe it's a confidence thing, too, because, you know, like black people are always like very confident. And like it it takes confidence to move that slow and just kind of look around. I think anybody's looking at you. All us fucking dorky white people like, yep, yep, let me get to my Starbucks. I need to get home and check my emails. Very cool. Okay, uh, we're out. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please spread the podcast. Um, You're like, oh, you didn't even talk about Trump going to jail. Everybody's talked about Trump going to jail. Who gives a fuck? Free Big 45. We out this bitch. Petty out.